The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, and Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. It is 23 minutes past the hour of 10 o'clock, and we are excited here in Columbia, Tennessee, to invite New York Times best-selling author, author of Three Ring Circus, which dropped yesterday. You can get yours on Amazon.com. I know he's got plenty of links out there. I saw him tweet it yesterday. Mr. Jeff Perlman. Jeff, welcome in. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, you know, if Mope had paws, I come. That's how it works. <laughs> That's how it works. Well, dude, I appreciate that. And, and obviously, you, you are a very busy guy these days. As Chris mentioned, um, Three Ring Circus, Kobe, Shaq, and the Laker Dynasty dropped yesterday. Congratulations on um, what I'm sure is going to be number 10 New York Times bestseller for you. Oh, I appreciate that. You never know. There are no guarantees in this world, but I appreciate it. Well, um, I saw the article that you posted on Deadspin yesterday regarding the the background of this book. Um, for those who aren't so enlightened as to follow you on Twitter, at Jeff Perlman, or to read Deadspin, give <laughs> folks a quick synopsis of that situation. I mean, you know, I, I wrote this book. I was working on it for two years, this Kobe Bryant biography. And um, basically, I was done with it. It was all done. And then um, I'm sitting there in a coffee shop in California on January 26th. And a friend texts me and she says, uh, rumors Kobe Bryant died in a plane crash or a helicopter crash. And, you know, it's interesting, though, like, I think if I were still at the Tennesseans, this is an example where I started or whatever in New York, whatever, like the impact would be harsh. Like it would be fierce, but I'm telling you being out here, you really realize how iconic he was here and just the pure sadness of it all. It was remarkable. It was really remarkable. And if you think like Kobe Bryant is just a great player, but he wasn't Jordan. He wasn't an icon, like not out here, out Mm -hmm. here. It was like losing a son for people or a brother or really like a hero. I think that was like a, a legit hero, this guy who embodied hard work and tenaciousness and sort of the fulfillment of a dream. You know, he wanted to be Michael Jordan from a young age and he kind of became Michael Jordan. And he meant so much to people. So you're me and you have this book coming out and it's not really a glowing portrait of Kobe. You know, it's like it's. It's not a hit job on Kobe, but it's it basically is 96 to 04, and he can be very difficult. So I didn't really know what to do. So I ended up writing a, a new sort of almost like an author's note at the beginning of the book explaining that 
the Kobe you're about to read about is just a piece of who he was, not the fulfillment of who he became as a, as a full adult. But it was, yeah, it was, it was crazy. It's still crazy. So to go back a little bit, Jeff and I worked together in another lifetime back in the mid nineties. I think this was Jeff's first full-time gig out of the university of Delaware. So, so we go back. So I feel comfortable asking you this, Jeff, that author's note, the awareness to think that maybe you needed to write that author's note, would you have written that before sweetness? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, for people, I wrote a book about Walter Payton about a decade ago and right before three weeks, I think it was before the book came out, sports illustrated ran an excerpt and it was all about, it was one part of the book that dealt with Walter Payton when he was done playing and he was going through a lot of depression and, uh, suicidal thoughts and out of wedlock son he wasn't involved with and the backlash was harsh it was definitely harsh i would definitely say that i mean i don't know for sure but it definitely taught me about being in a crouched position when things like this happen and i will say it definitely taught me that you have to take you have to be a little uh preemptive um and the best thing you can do is try to get in front of something you know and like the more i say look I wrote this before he died. Look, I wrote this before he died. Look, he died at 41. This book is him in his 20s. He's a different guy. I feel like, number one, it's all true and what I genuinely believe. And also, number two, it's a little bit of a, look, don't beat the crap out of me. This isn't what you think. At least know what you're talking about before you beat the crap out of me. <laughs> and, and that, I mean, do you feel like you're almost being apologetic for the book or the way that Kobe is going to come across in this book? even though it's true. I wouldn't say apologetic. I would be, I would say more sensitive to how people feel about him. You know, like it's just, like I said, like a lot of people here freaking love him, love him. And there's nothing wrong. Like I always think there's nothing wrong with just loving an athlete and not wanting to know the intricacies of his alleged sexual assault crime in in Eagle, Colorado. Like maybe you love Kobe Bryant, and all you want to do is love him as a basketball player. The same way, like, maybe you love Peyton Manning and you just love him as a football player or any athlete. I just, all I want to do is love that guy as an athlete. And I um, I have nothing, I have no problem with that whatsoever. So it's almost a little bit like, look, if, if that's who you are with Kobe Bryant, if that's where you are, you may not want to read this book <laughs> or you may just want to skip the chapter about him in Eagle, Colorado. You know, and that's totally fair. I have no problem with that. Visiting with... Jeff Perlman. Jeff, yesterday you posted, when you posted on Facebook about the events that are the things that you had to do in order to get the interviews. You were hanging out with Phil Jackson and almost got beat up. Um, what What is that like when you are researching for a book and you talk to a source that is less than open uh, to the idea of talking to you. You know, it's funny. I first, my first experience of anything like that was actually at the Tennessean when, as Mo will tell you, I was a major screw up and they put me on the cop speed to sort of learn the ropes of reporting. And they sent me one time to a, um, a crime scene and I had to knock on the door at the crime scene. And I remember like, it was a really intense situation, like really intense situation. And I think as you do it, you learn to deal with the intensity a little bit. 
the guy who threatened to beat me up, just to be clear, wasn't Phil Jackson. And he, he didn't threaten to beat me up. I thought he was going to beat me up. He's J.R. Ryder. I thought he was going to punch me in the head. Cause but I you're probably not the first person that thought that about J.R. Ryder, in all fairness. No, the funny thing is, in the book, there are two different examples of J.R. Ryder um, responding to articles he didn't like by going up to the writer and saying, I know where your family lives. So it's, it's certainly a possibility that something bad is going to happen with him. But um, I just knocked on his door. I didn't have a phone number. So I just I was in Arizona. I figured I'm going to knock on his door. And he answered and he was not happy to see me. And it was kind of awkward at first. And he ended up talking and he ended up being great. And one of my kind of favorite people from the book. But um, I don't know. You just kind of get a if you do this job a long time. I think some of us in the profession, some don't and some do. You get like a you get. It reminds me of always. It always reminds me every time I knock on a door. It reminds me of being in really bad turbulence on a plane. Mm-hmm. And you think you'll be OK. Like really bad turbulence. You're like, I think I'll be OK but you don't know a hundred percent for sure. So, and that's kind of exciting and kind of terrifying at the same time. That's basically what it's like. Jeff, I think anybody that's been in this business for any period of time has either entertained the idea or had somebody (laughs) throw the idea at them. You should write a book. Um, And until you do it, I don't think you realize what goes into it. I know you're working on a book now. I don't know how much or how little you want to talk about it. And we'll get back to that in a minute. But from inception to drop, typically, how long does that take you? It's about two and a half years. Well, from the time the book comes to the time the book comes out, it's actually two to three years. It usually takes me about two years to do the book. So about a year and a half of reporting. Then I usually take six months to write it. Um, so that's about, it's a long time. You have to, if you don't love you, if you're not really into the subject, it feels like a really long time. So I, I, I have learned over the years to try and be smart about the subjects I pick and at least make it something I'm going to have some passion about. If that makes sense. Right. What you know, it's important. I mean, it, it, if you are not passionate about what you do and we are passionate about high school sports here, and that's something that a lot of people don't understand is the passion is what makes these stories work. And it gets old quick if you don't have it. Whew. Doesn't it though? And and you can tell it sometimes. You know what's funny is um again, going back to the Tennessean, like I I started the newspaper as a features writer and I was writing about stuff I was never that passionate about. And then I did cops and I definitely wasn't passionate. <laughs> but then they moved me they moved me to the high school wrestling beat and I never cared about wrestling. But I developed a passion for high school wrestling in Nashville, Tennessee in 1996 or five, whenever it was. And um, like real passion, like fascinated by who was going to win these matches and fascinated by the mechanisms of the Overton high school wrestling team and really wanting to know what was going on and who these people were and who these kids were and where they were going. And when you have that and it doesn't have to be about a subject, sometimes you can find passion in something you're not traditionally passionate about, like high school wrestling. But when you get really into it, um, it, sometimes it starts to feel like you're just on a really awesome car ride going 60 miles per hour with the windows open and you're just loving it. And I love those moments in reporting when you're just so passionate about it and so into it that it doesn't feel at all like work and you just can't wait to get up and dig more into it. So um, when you have a subject that you're really into, it's great. And when you have a subject that you're kind of into, it's good. When you have a subject that drives you crazy, uh, it's not good at all. (laughs) 
Chris is really passionate about the United States Football League. When well, I first mentioned the possibility of getting you on, the first thing he said was, football for a buck. Ah, Heck awesome. yeah. Um, so we, we, um, we would be remiss if we did not tap into your USFL encyclopedic knowledge. Well, and to preface this, I'm 34 years old, so I don't know and I didn't experience anything about the United States Football League. That being said, I'm I'm really passionate about Birmingham Pro Sports and of course Birmingham was a large part of the USFL and my dad was a season ticket holder, traveled to Memphis and sat at the top of the Liberty Bowl during that championship game or or I'm not sure if it was a playoff. Anyway, the USFL was has to be one of the most fascinating stories you've ever written. If you've if you've anybody has watched anything documentaries about it, it's fantastic. What was the most surprising thing that you got out of researching the USFL football for a buck book? Oh, that's almost an unfair question because it was just it one. Was all <laughs> it was the best. I mean, that was the best. I'll never have more fun writing a book that I had writing the USFL. I mean, that was the ultimate passion project. I mean, the San Antonio gunslingers who are just my favorite franchise of any franchise that's ever existed anywhere at any time in life. I mean, they basically hired their punt there. The owner hired his ranch hand to be the team's punter because he just thought the guy would be able to kick the ball really far. They, they had to place a guy in injured reserve because he caught his penis in the, tr- in a, in a trunk. Um, they hired a, they signed a guy who threatened to kill his coach, the LA express. And then the guy, when he wasn't getting paid, followed the owner home with a baseball bat and demand. I mean, this is the USFL is just, it's the best. Minor league wild, football wild, wild, in wild general. Again? <laughs> Minor league football in general is the best. You can't but get it, stories anywhere else than that. Than in minor but it league wasn't football. minor league. That's the thing. It was major, <laughs> big time. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Peyton was obviously a big part of that. Walter Peyton. So, um, I love the USFL. Love the USFL. Everything about the USFL, I love. So that takes me to my next question. Every parent says they love their children just the same. Mm. What's your favorite book that you've written? I think the USFL, just because nobody wanted me to write it. I mean, you know, it, there are probably 12 USFL fans left in the world, like diehard USFL fans. Me and, and my dad. Yeah, and me. <laughs> and some guy I know, and, you know, that's about it. You know, there aren't that many of us. And I was aware it was a major climb, and my publisher, my editor said, nobody wants an effing USFL book. He told me that. Nobody <laughs> wants an effing USFL book. My publisher was no. Everyone was No. The funny thing is the pitch had zero to do with Trump and the, cause I'd been wanting to do it for years. So it wasn't like, I was like, Oh, there's this great book and Trump was in it. Like it's, it was almost, I wish Trump weren't in it because he, you had to write about him. And I, I thought the, the stories on the field are so great. Like I've talked every now and then I'll have someone call and say, maybe we should talk about a USFL movie as a movie project. And it's almost like in a way Trump gets in the way because the stories are so great. You know, like I, it's almost like, ah, oh, and he's there, so you got to do... I'm not even saying whether you like him or dislike him. I'm just saying he he hangs over it so profoundly. Yeah. And it's like, it's almost easier without that. Because the stories are so great without that complication. Right. So nobody wanted me to write it. And I basically only got to do it because I took less money to do my Brett Favre book. And I had to do the Favre book first. I had no interest in doing a Favre book. I ended up having a great time doing it. 
but I was only able to write US of L because I said I would do Favre. And I got very little money for US of L. I only had one year to do it. I usually take two years. And I just dove in. And every day I was like, this is great. This is great. Oh my God, this is great. Uh, it was the best. Um, can we talk about the book you're working on right now? Just yeah, like, of course. Okay. Sure. All right. Because I I know that the, it was it was shrouded a little bit in secrecy. And I know I'm sitting at home one night a few months ago, you and and you and I text back and forth periodically, but not with a whole lot of regularity. But mm-hmm. I, I get a text from Jeff Perlman. I'm sitting at home about nine thirty, ten o'clock. Um, do you know any SEC writers you can put me in touch with? I'm like, what are you what are you working on? So apparently, Mr. Perlman, next book will this be your next book? Yeah, it's my okay. next book. Legendary Bo Jackson. Oh, bring me, bring me back to the South. If I can ever travel. <laughs> yeah, well, that's another story, Jeff. But, yeah. I, when we get off the air, I'll, I'll tell you a story about Bo Jackson that was relayed to me secondhand by, to, from my dad. But it, it's it's a true story, and it's probably one of the coolest things I've ever heard in my life. Um, Bo Jackson, that's that's going to go over really, really well. Because 11-time New York Times bestseller, Jeff. I, I'm, I'm telling you, Bo, uh, I don't know, you know. Bo was... You never know. You know. He, he was the... And I'm from Alabama, so trust me when I tell you that Bo Jackson is as iconic in Alabama as, as anybody has ever been, including Paul Bryant. Oh, yeah. I've been doing a lot of reporting on it. It's really fun. Like, it's really fun. It's It's a really... I'll be honest with you. The Laker book was hard work and it had moments of fun going to see Shaq, Phil, but it was hard. And the Bo Jackson book is just a ride through my youth. I mean, I love that stuff. I I was 12, 13 years old. Bo Jackson is winning the Heisman trophy and he's larger than life. And what I think is cool about him as a story is he's just mythology. Mm -hmm. He is mythology. He is as (laughs) close to sports mythology as exists where you're like, wait, did he, he do that and yes he did be like i have his... yeah right and <laughs> yes, he did. And everyone has a bo jackson story in my in, in my area of origin you you get a lot of people who say i know you're not going to believe me but but <laughs> it was like he jumped over a car he was waist deep in a pool and he jumped flat-footed out of the pool i swear the fence was five feet it was six feet it was seven feet he jumped over it oh i saw him climb up that wall with the royals but did i tell you about the time he did it at auburn he did it in high school and he once ran over seven guys. And like the crazy thing about Bo Jackson, truly he's there on YouTube and you obviously, we know all the famous clips throwing out Harold Reynolds, running up the wall, Joe Ursulak, Bosworth going through the tunnel, blah, blah, blah. His 400th best highlight is better than most people's best. Best highlight. It's so ridiculous. It's the best. It's great. And I love the, the interesting thing is it wouldn't be a book if he went on to have a 10 year career. Mm. You know, like the mythology is the part of it. Like that's the whole thing. It's like God, what could have been? And that's my, what makes it really interesting. My son and I were sitting watching the the ESPN thing. You you don't know Bo or or whatever yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. and and he runs up the outfield wall and and he asked me, "Did you see that?" I said, "I probably saw it the first time it happened." Yeah, it's you awesome. know, it's like, yeah. but but yeah, the mythology of it, like you said, and and it's not mythology it, it it happened yeah i know it's it's amazing he's it, really it's spectacular just spectacular how did you come up with that did someone pitch that to you was that your idea how did how did 
how did Jeff Perlman come to? No, be? that was me. That was my idea. Um, I just, um, I just really, um, love Bo Jackson. Like I just, when I was, I remember when I was in college, I was an RA my sophomore year at Delaware. And I had, you had to have on your, uh, this sounds dumb, but you had to have on your door a chart telling people where you are. So the residents knew where you were. And it, you know, you, everyone would be creative and make their own charts. And I remember I took Bo Jackson's poster. It was him wearing like a football uniform, a baseball uniform, a hockey uniform, a track and field uniform, blah, blah, blah. And I cut him out and had different, like Bo knows Jeff is at the student newspaper. Bo knows Jeff is in class. Bo knows Jeff is inside. Like he was my guy, Bo Jackson. I'm like, he's probably your guy too. Like Bo Jackson was it. I mean, he just was it. And I, my, my agent didn't love the idea at first. He's like, I don't know if people are curious about Bo Jackson. I was like, I am telling you, people are curious about Bo Jackson. Oh, absolutely. Man, that's fantastic. And he vanished. Yeah. I just want to say one of the things that's cool, he lives in like suburban Chicago now. Mm -hmm. You never see him. He does not care that he's not in the Hall of Fame. People will be like, such a shame he's not in the Hall of Fame. Like, he doesn't care. He doesn't care. It doesn't bother him. He, he does like archery, though. Likes archery, likes hunting. Biking. Um, and biking. Hunting. Yeah, he, he... Oh, biking. Yeah, yeah. Bonos Bama does that. Mm -hmm. He, um, yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's a great subject. And a, a fascinating individual from the athletics to his philanthropic, you know, hit everything he does for the the community just a fantastic guy so this will be a fantastic book absolutely thanks so much for doing this one because i'm gonna um, be excited to read it it's all because long ago mo Patton said i'm gonna teach you everything i know and he just <laughs> took me under his wing guided the way and it took all of five <laughs> minutes yeah. yeah hey jeff man i really appreciate you coming on with us of and course. um continued success uh, i don't even feel like we need to say it but again um three ring circus kobe Shaq, and the laker dynasty dropped yesterday you can find it almost anywhere you get your favorite books be sure and check it out um jeff perlman former co-worker longtime friend appreciate you joining us here on southern middle tennessee sports today oh yeah and mo you know i just want to say like i really mean this like we we worked together a long time ago and at the time, uh, there was an age gap and a, certainly a maturity gap. I was not on the good side of that. And uh, you've really become one of my good friends in the business. I really have, I really appreciate that a lot. So thank you for having me on. Well, I appreciate you, man. And again, continued success, and we'll talk. All right. Thank you. Once again, nine-time New York Times bestseller Jeff Perlman joining us here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today.